the world. Welcome back to Gab with Gwen. This is your homegirl Gwen. And this is episode 51 E emergency episode. I have recorded this. It's the third time. I have a lot to say. I have so much, so many feelings about what's going on in the world. And I want to make sure that I articulate it correctly. Some of it's based on emotions, but the news cycle is changing so quickly that I actually first recorded this on Monday, June 1st in the morning. But by the time I recorded it, I wanted to sit back and listen to it to make sure I wasn't going off on like a tinfoil rant. But then Trump, you know, basically tried to initiate military law by that evening at seven o'clock. And then he tear gassed peaceful protesters for a bullshit photo opportunity. So look, life hits you quick and fast these days, you know, as it always has, but more accelerated. So I have to intersperse these emergency episodes because I generally have a queue, which I release on different topics, which may be three to four weeks behind. They're still relevant, but sometimes based on what's going on in the news, I need to say, hey, let's just talk about this right now. So it's been two weeks of turmoil, uprisings resistance starting in the U.S. and we've already talked about this on you know previous episode I think my last emergency episode 50 uh, which was entitled deafening silence and tomfoolery you should check that out very emotional episode now that we've seen the largest social unrest since 1968 in the United States where now it's not just in the South or sporadic cities across the country. It All 50 states have had protests. Yes, there's been some looting. Ultimately, there's also been agitators and different infiltrators who are inciting violence, destruction, damage to try to diminish the message of Black Lives Matter, including some videos I've seen of police who are putting out piles of bricks to try to incentivize people to do so. So the crazy thing about social media and our technology having smartphones is that before the media can only control the truth and feed you what they wanted, but now the people have it, and especially the young people. And I, you know, sometimes I feel bad or concerned for even my mom, my, my parents and my siblings who may consumed a little bit of social media, but they're not deep in the TikTok and deep into the Twitter where you're really getting it from, you know, unknowns or, you know, they're not manipulating videos. There, something is happening, they're capturing it and they're uploading it. I've seen some wild shit this week. Okay. So resist. For me, I am proud to see this social consciousness and awareness. I understand there is a lack of organization. I understand that different things you can criticize. But I'm proud to see a generation take the stand because there's just been a lot of complacency, which is understandable because people have to work and I, I get it. But the building up because of COVID and the backdrop and the high unemployment rate and disproportionate affecting of black people and brown people of COVID and the government not giving a fuck. Like all of this is swirling, swirling, swirling. And now you, you know, you get to the breaking point. And so it's been a week of protests and I hope they continue. We'll see what happens. Right. And especially with Trump 
threatening the governors and threatening to put the military against us, you know, the protests have gotten larger. So I think that's actually beautiful. And to see the other countries as well chime in about Black Lives Matter and you're seeing protests and like, you know, I think at least, you know, around 15 countries around the world. So I've seen a little bubble, it's not a lot, but I've seen a little few, a few murmurings of like, you know, this is American stuff, you know, everybody else, you know, it's, we're talking about black American lives and I want everybody to pump the motherfucking brakes. Let me tell you something about America. I'm actually so proud that it did start here. We're the most vocal. I say this all the time. Don't let anyone fool you that they're not dealing with racism that's very similar, if not the same, as what's happening in America and other countries. Don't don't let don't let them fool you, boo boo. Okay. So understand that if your black American ass has to go live someplace else or be be in another country for an extended period of time, you want to feel what you feel in America, and there'll be even more denial than you experience. Okay. I know from firsthand experience. So I'm telling you, don't, you need to walk that back because Black Lives Matter is all black lives. All right. I say this all the time. African-Americans are black. All black people are not African-American. Don't get it twisted. When we're talking about over the years, last 20 years, if we just look at the people who have been murdered senselessly by the police, they haven't all been African-American. All right. When we're talking about Amadou Diallo, Abler Louima. Do you guys remember that? He wasn't killed. Uh, do you guys remember that? And I think it was a Haitian immigrant in New York where they sodomized him with a plunger. Bro, look that up. It's been some fucked up shit that's happened. So anti-blackness is a global phenomenon. Be proud as African-Americans that you planted the seed and gave people courage to speak out. Be proud, okay? And that is where African-Americans should always take pride because you know what? When people are in denial or complacent and want to pretend like shit happens, the American spirit, and this is why you're African, hyphen American, that American fucking spirit of putting caution to the wind and not really giving a fuck about protocols and traditions and being very vocal and speaking out, that's real and that's beautiful. You know, in tandem with the our African ancestors, our tribal who are fighters, who are warriors, who are beautiful people uh, who want to fight for justice. That is beautiful. Like, own that shit. Keep your receipts and make them put respect on your name for that. African Americans have been the ones really fighting and being at the forefront of open, being vocal and not just letting the system oppress us. Well, shit, I'm going to say oppress you because I'm going to give it to you. Uh, as Jamaican American, I'm going to give it to you to let them oppress you. Being at the forefront, absolutely. So African-Americans, you did that. You got that. You've been doing that. And you should be proud of that. And so take that and understand that you're an inspiration to other black people of the world who are honestly going through the same thing, but through a colonial mindset and just a cultural difference may not always feel comfortable speaking up or want to put their head down and try to just power through. And so shout out to African-Americans for really being at the forefront of that. I will always give you props to that. No doubt, no lie, right? Now, I will say within 
America, just because America is a country of immigrants, there are also, you know, different West Indians I know who've been a part of it. Marcus Garvey, Malcolm X's mom was West Indian. You know what I'm saying? So, like, true, I would have given her a process, but look, the majority is African-American, and you got that. So I'm never going to deny that. But I want you to not get into, honestly, this is, this is going to be a weird hot take. Don't be like white people with, like, wait a minute. This is just mine. Black Lives Matter is mine. All lives matter. Don't do that. Don't do that. All right? Because black does not mean African-American and all black lives matter. Listen, black lives don't matter where the black lives are from. Fucking matter. Right? And you're an inspiration. And listen, you know, I've talked to Ishmael offline. I don't know if we even, I have an episode coming out in the queue about verses and, you know, we talk hip hop and shit. And I probably mentioned on that, that one of my favorite albums of all time is Most Deaf, Black on Both Sides. And there is a song on it called Mr. Nigga. I love that song. And I remember being young, my mom like, what is this? And I was like, I know there's cursing, but just please get over the swearing and listen to the message. And whenever I travel, I'm like, yes, there is world nigga law. Okay, there is world nigga law. Please understand that anti-blackness is global. Please understand if you're black and you go someplace else, if you're black American, African American, you go someplace else, you're going to experience the racism and the difference between here where they even know like, oh, it's a race card, which I hate as a term, but even an acknowledgement that it happens, even when they're denying it, there is acknowledgement that racism is a thing in America, even when it's being denied. You go to other countries, ah, you're American, that's an American problem. The biggest fucking lie in the world, okay? So I want you to be like, yes, black lives matter, and black people in their countries need to fight against the brutality of black people and oppression everywhere, right? Because there's a diaspora, and we're moving all over the place. There's African immigrants, they're going to Europe, they're going to America. We have uh, the people from the West Indies going to Europe, going to America, going to Canada. Canada's in this too, all right? I always joke about wanting to do a 90-day fiancé with a Canadian, which is still a plan. But this, within these last two weeks, the police in Toronto also threw a black woman off a balcony. So let's keep it real. Everyone else tries to put their nose down like, oh, America is a problem. That's bullshit. And so this is where I actually wanted to take the direction of this third attempt of this emergency podcast recording to a different direction. I wanted to focus on global anti-blackness because I think we don't realize that everything is connected in the circle of life. Y'all need to watch the fucking Lion King. Y'all don't understand something, again, something based on Africa. You don't understand this. You don't understand what's going on and how this all came to be. Look at the context. We are so caught up in the moment in an instant gratification society that no one wants to read and understand history and it keeps repeating itself. And this is like the most fucked up episode of Groundhog Day ever. You know, Groundhog Day, the racist version. It's fucked up. And we're not listening and not understanding how everything is connected in the great circle of life. So none of this can be a U.S. issue. Because let's talk about how the U.S. came to be. We celebrate 4th of July. Who did we become independent from? Do y'all know? We used to be a part of the British Empire. We were a fucking colony. So... Let's keep it funky. 
any American ideals are an offshoot, an evolution of British ideals. Y'all never seem to realize that. Like, oh, it's over time. No, 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 no. It, it don't, culture don't just die, like, over one generation. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. These things evolve over time. We learned it from you. We learned it from watching you. 90s PSA. We learned it from watching you. So... America was founded by people leaving Britain because they wanted alleged freedom, religious freedom, and they came here. And this is the the root, right? This is the root. Always go for the fucking root cause. This is the root. And so that British classism, that greed, all of that is based on them who now have flipped the script and now done a great PR campaign saying that they're doing Kumbaya and are a Benetton commercial and it's all good which is a motherfucking lie, okay? It's a motherfucking lie based on modern day times, 2020. People in America aren't really as familiar. They have a term, I think they call it BAME? I don't know, but it's B-A-M-E, Black, Asian, Middle Eastern, I think. Black, Asian, Middle Eastern. And so that's their communities of color, really, who are constantly going through it and fucked up. And I don't need to go into details here because actually in a couple of upcoming episodes, I think the next one, when I talk about Windrush, you guys are going to learn and hear a little bit more about the UK and shit. But I want you to not fall for the banana in the tailpipe. When people tell you that, oh, this is an American issue, that's fucked. You need to be like, fuck you. Look at your own house. Y'all are full of shit. Okay? Look at your own house. How do you treat black people? Are black people upwardly mobile? Are black people in position of leadership? What's the percentage of black people who are incarcerated? All of that shit. Because there's no place that's actually treating black people better. They're not. So don't don't get caught up. Like, oh, it seems so it seems better in Europe. When you, you hear these celebrities, these I get treated better in Europe. It's still different there. That's bullshit. Like I always say, it's okay for you to entertain white people. You're doing some entertaining. Here, little monkey, here's your little dollar. Do a little trick. But to be seen as a real peer, as a real equal, as a person in authority, as a real human being, hell no. So don't get fooled by a cute accent, right? Don't get fooled by a cute accent because Americans, we love an accent from Europe and we think it's so refined and they try to make this cute little PR campaign and we believe that shit. Don't believe that. Don't believe that. And they're like, how do you know? Well, I'm Jamaican and half the population of Jamaica doesn't live in Jamaica, okay? People who are born in Jamaica, most of them don't even live on the island. Why? Because of the history of colonialism. So huge portion of Jamaican population in the UK, huge portion of Jamaican population in United States, huge population of the Jamaican population in Canada and their descendants, plus all over the world. I've met Jamaicans everywhere I've ever fucking gone, right? And if they can't make it to these big places that speak English, they go to, I have cousins who live in Saudi Arabia, all right? Not in the military, just straight up. I've been to Curacao. I'm like, hey, they're Jamaican. Like, they go to other islands. They go Jamaicans just go everywhere. You know, very much like the Chinese, very much like Nigerians, very much like Indians. Okay? Th- this is this is who we are. It might be, we might be from the smallest of the countries, but we're a, we're a nomadic motherfucker who look for opportunities. Okay? So I say all that to say, personally, from knowing people who are in my family, outside of my family as well, that it is not so easy in these other countries, but they have done a better PR campaign than America. That's all. So don't let them get away with that. Check them. Check them, right? And bring it back to Black Lives Matter in the protest and the movement right now. 
Now they are getting checked. The black Canadians have been like, hold up. We're talking mad shit about the Americans south of the border. Cause yes, America is looking like a meth lab and you live in the upstairs apartment. True. But your apartment's not clean. Your apartment got problems too. So people also have to clean their own house and acknowledge their own house while supporting Black Lives Matter for America because of the influence of America and how much we consume and take from Black Americans, African Americans, absolutely. But their own houses aren't clean. So I want to take that context again of anti-Blackness being global and the U.S. being an offshoot of Britain. What do you think? They came over here and just totally abandoned all of their values and and learnings. No, 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 no. Chattel slavery did not only occur in the U.S. This is where now we get to U.S. focus, which is also a very American behavior of not understanding how things work globally and thinking America's the center of the world. You were a fucking colony. Those people came with their same ideals over the country and had chattel slavery. The Caribbean and Latin America was also chattel slavery. So, don't get it fucking twisted, right? And that's where you see anti-blackness all around. Why do you think Dominicans who are black people think they're not black? <laughs> Why? They revere their colonizers, Spain, who as a person who's lived in Spain and spent a lot of time in Spain and dated several Spaniards, they're confused. Why do Dominicans don't think they're black? These are the strangest black people we ever met. Spaniards! think Dominicans are black and we'll call them black. But Dominicans like, oh, my grandfather was from Spain. How could I be black? Crazy. It's the mind fuck of colonialism, right? It's the mind fuck that they have embodied the most. And I'm sure there's no Black Lives Matter, but they're probably not. Because you, you, you're like, wait, what black life? My life is not black. Very strange. But Dominicans are funny because I wonder if they don't realize that People don't call out all Afro-Latinos. I think we need to really be clear about that. And I saw this woman on Facebook I follow, an Afro-Latina who's Cuban. And she made a very good point. And she was like, listen, Cubans know we're black. We, we don't have any of that confusion. Cubans are black and proud. They're negro, ne- negra. They say the word. And there's not this confusion. Panamanians know that they're black and they're proud, right? So there are Afro-Latinos who are very clear that they're Black. Yeah, they know they're Latino. They know that, but they are not confused, right? They're not playing this, oh, I'm, you know, trigueño. I'm just, they're not playing these games. They're like, yo, yeah, I'm Black and I'm Latino. And I also am not talking out of turn because this is also being a person of Caribbean descent. I've heard that argument. I've heard Dominicans say, you're not Black, you're Jamaican. I'm like, wait, what are we talking about? I'm a black person. Nationality is a different thing. Race is a different thing. And so don't do that because you are nostalgic because of your colonial mindset, which I know came from their dictator Trujillo, which is where a lot of this stems from. Okay. And Trujillo was not that long ago. And that is the mindset that permeates the Dominican people. So you get clowned all the time because you get clowned as these Uncle Tom niggas. You do. And you do. And some Dominicans do embrace their blackness, but the vast majority don't. And so I do want also for black people to not always, 
you know, I see a lot of like, oh, well, you know, the problem is these Caribbeans and these, you know, people from Africa and Afro-Latinos don't believe they're black. They think they're better than us. No, no, no. You, you got to piecemeal stuff because like I said, it's all history. That's not what's really going on. Dominicans have, and Puerto Ricans often have like a really specific mindset, but it's not everyone. I've met too many people, Garifunas from Honduras, from Guatemala, who know that they're black. Like I said, Panamanians, very black and proud. Cubans, black and proud. Costa Ricans who are black and proud. So let's give them their props, right? I think that's important. And they're also in America, living their lives as black people, also getting brutalized. So let's be clear on that. And again, I want African-Americans to feel proud of being the spark that is really pushing this conversation, pushing people to be reflective. I saw an Instagram post from a model from Australia. Her Instagram name is Ducky Thought, terrible name. But she's an, I think, an Australian of African descent, right? Like I said, people migrate a lot, immigrants. And Australia is a funny place. Australia is racist as fuck, but how did it get that way, right? Again, same way America was colonized, blah, blah, blah. As you guys know, Australia was a penal colony. So the Brits sent a bunch of fucking criminals there. But look, you you know, they're all the sentence of criminals, real talk. But, you know, now they established their own society. And that same mindset that we all are blaming on our respective countries that came from colonization from the British, those same people going there, taking those ideals there and running with them. So the indigenous Aboriginal Australians who initially were considered to be black and, you know, they're dark skinned people, they're dark skinned people look honestly very black. Um, I'm sorry, let me be careful. They look like they're of African descent. Uh, Genetically, there's a debate that they're not. I don't know. But they're, they have been the black people of Australia. They are the black people of Australia and have been fucked up. Australians, the, the shit they've done is so fucked up, you guys don't even know. The same type of thing, killing off the natives, all of that. But they've also, up until recent times, were taking babies. Like, it's a genocide. Taking babies of indigenous people and taking them to white families to brainwash them so that they couldn't keep them, right? Same issues of alcoholism, drug abuse, you know, giving, putting them on basically reservations with no land. So much, so fucked up. Like the way they've treated the black indigenous people is so fucked up in Australia. And then you have African immigrants who've also migrated there and also treated like shit. Same things you're seeing, police brutality, violence, all of that shit happens in Australia, in their own house, with the Black Indigenous people and the Black African people. So, Black Lives Matter, period, with a T, period, okay? Black Lives Matter. And we should be proud in America of sparking the movement, but Australia, South Africa, UK, Belgium. Oh, let's talk about Belgium and France. Belgium, terribly treats African immigrants, hello, also were the most violent colonizers, the most violent and oppressive colonizers in Africa. Read about the Congo and the history of what the Belgian people did. Y'all don't know your history. Y'all don't, this anti-blackness is deep-rooted, deep in the veins, deep in the psyche, but it's so ingrained that people don't even know it's happening. This didn't come out from nowhere. Brazil, 
largest number of African slaves shipped there, okay? Enslaved people from Africa shipped to Brazil. Largest number of people of African descent outside of Africa in Brazil. And do you know how much Black people are brutalized in Brazil and on the margins of society? I also understand the psyche of Dominicans and, you know, some Brazilians. When you are so brutalized on the margin society, you need to escape. It's like mental illness. I don't want to be black because everything that happens to black people is so fucking bad. So let me imagine myself out of it. I'm not. I'm not. It's them. It's them. It's the other one. They want to be other to disassociate with the trauma. Listen, Gwen is giving a little bit of a Iyanla hug right now. I understand why you do this shit. I don't agree with it. It's not right, but I understand it. But you know how much black people are brutalized in Brazil? Black Lives Matter. Shit. It is not only this. And when you're African-American, you go to these other countries, you're going to have the privilege of being American where they might treat you a little better because you have an American passport and your dollar is going to go far. But trust me, if you stand there for an extended period of time and if you get caught up in a situation where they don't know you're American and they're just treating you like a regular old black person in that country, you're going to be like, shit, world nigga law is true. World nigga law is fucked up. It's fucked up. It's like, goddamn, black people can't get to rake no place. And that's that's a fact. We can't catch a break. So please be proud that you sparked the seed and made people reflect and up, you know, and really protest and support Black Lives Matter for the US, but also turn around and look at what the fuck they're doing and how you're treating black people and your own countries. Cause you're not doing a good job. And you're not doing anything better than America. Don't even do that. Don't do that. Don't look down on America like, oh, you guys are so bad and we're so good. Americans have this problem. No, 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 no. You're doing the same shit. You're more in denial about it. We got our problems here, but it's on the table. That's what you see going on. It's on the motherfucking table, right? And it's the same shit we've been saying it and we've been saying it. So let's also make it clear. Black Lives Matter is not new. Black power is not new. This has been going on, and black people have been saying it over and over, and you're not listening in America. In other countries, you suppress black people so much, they're oppressed or fucking brainwashed, they can't even say it. Or if they're saying it, their voice is not heard, and it's not going far enough for people to know. You keep it under wraps so nobody knows. Americans, we love reality TV. We like to make a fucking spectacle. So yes, you're seeing shit more in America than these other places. But please, you're doing the same shit, you just have it more under wraps and you try to tie it up in a bow, and you're fucking hypocrites. I just really want to encourage everyone to continue to protest, continue to build awareness, and continue to hold people accountable, right? So outside of all of this, you know, no one can protest forever, and life is going to return to what it was. It just will. But I want everyone who supports Black Lives Matter and supports Black people treated equally and having equal opportunity and not being brutalized and murdered to continue the good fight. And it goes beyond donating money. A lot of corporations are doing so. That's a first step. It goes beyond posting inspirational quotes on social media. 
that's eh, I have issues with that, but it's it's a thing, and we're just gonna leave it at that. Fine, a lot of shit is fake, but cool. We're gonna just do it and let it rock. But it really comes down to utilizing your resources. So voting in whatever voting at the local level. I can't speak to how things work in other countries, right? So figuring out how to use that system to vote out blatantly racist people, have policies and laws that come in that protect Black people and also reprimand racists and racist behavior and prejudice behavior and bias behavior. Also have checks and balances and do a lot of data analytics. I think this is really important. In order to get to the outcomes, you have to be able to measure them. And to be able to measure the outcomes, it needs to be documented and then you need to have proper data analysis that isn't skewed to make a fake output to check the box. Accountability is white people, non-black people of color, leveraging their privilege to have hard conversations and making their peers accountable, whether that is in hiring, firing, retention, promoting, all of these things. One thing, I wasn't even going to talk about this. I saw that Alexis Ohanian, who is the husband of Serena Williams and the founder of one of the co-founders of Reddit, he stepped down yesterday from his position on the board and said he was leaving because he urged Reddit to put a black person on the board to replace him and that he would use his future earnings or his future income from his stocks to donate to black causes. And a lot of people are flooding him on social media. I was like, again, the banana in the tailpipe. What What's going on? That's not using your privilege. That's not, that's not it. Jumping ship and saying, oh, well, I told you to hire a black person. Cool. And throwing money at it. That's not how this works. You got to do the hard work. And you know what the hard work would have been? And I know you guys are like, damn, Gwen. No, but I, I'm criticizing. I'm sorry. I'm criticizing. The hard work would have been in that position of power, seated in that board seat, saying, hey, I'm hiring my successor, who is going to be Black. You're going to be a part of the process of recruiting and interviewing and make sure they actually put a qualified Black person with the right skill set in that seat who can who is set up for success. You're going to mentor them, you're going to advocate for them, you're going to sponsor them, and then you're going to roll off. So you've actually put them in a position to be successful. That is what being an ally is. You can't be an ally by saying, I told you to put a black person in running off because the structure is not in place for that to work. And that's where you have to use your white privilege where you could be an influencer and you'd make sure they get the right candidate. Because you know what happens when you tell someone, and this happens all the time with affirmative action, when you tell someone, hire a black person, because their heart is dark and their heart is evil, they will make sure they take any blithering idiot who's not qualified to try to demonstrate that, see, I told you black people aren't good. They don't look at this idiot. This is what you wanted. I've seen it. I've seen it all the time. You get a token tomfoolery, okay? You get a token coon you put in there to make everybody look bad. And it does because the problem is that there's a a weird halo effect when it comes to black people and women. Because people don't want you there, 
Anything you do is reflection for your whole community. You end up having the burden of your own community on your shoulders. It's the most fucked up position to be in. While they're all standing around you with a microscope waiting for something to go wrong so they can tell everyone, I told you so. So that is not being an ally. That's not being an ally by running off and saying, I threw money at some charities. That is not going to actually help black lives. That is really a little bit of a guilt trip. Like I threw the money and it's fucked up because everyone is so accustomed to having crumbs. I don't think we even have had the proper conversation about what being an ally looks like. And he has a black wife and he has a black child and you still did it wrong. Because if you said that, look, I actually did want to do what Gwen said. I actually had, I did attempt to get a higher black person and I tried to mentor them, advocate, but I got so much pushback, I'm leaving. That's a different conversation because that is now speaking truth to light and shining a light on how fucked up the system is. That's different. But you as white people and as non-black people of color have to do the work and the work is hard because doing that is not going to be easy. People are going to give you all types of pushback and are going to do all type of trickery so that even if they do give black people something, like I said, they're going to hire a coon. They're going to do something so that it's fucked up to undermine Black Lives Matter, undermine black people getting access. That's what's going to happen. So the work being an ally, allyship and really changing the behaviors, the racist behaviors and oppression is going to be in putting yourself on the line using your privilege to move the needle. You're going to have to lean in in an uncomfortable way. That's what's going to benefit Black people. And that's what I don't see. What I see is social media posts and corporations and people throwing money. And that's I'm not negating that that is a step. It is a step, but it's not the step. It's not the most important step. The thing that's going to change is, yes, we can do these policies, procedures, but what it is, is you upholding it through your behaviors and your actions. And so you checking things, you have to be the check and balance. Hey, how come this police chief, this police department doesn't have any black people? How come there's these records of people getting arrested and suing for discrimination and nothing's happening? There have to be people there who check it, where the officers who are racist are getting checked and they are getting reprimanded and there are consequences for their action. I bet you the rest of them will stop. They'll stop if they see that, right? That's what's going to happen. Same thing if you're in positions of power and influence. It doesn't matter what. If you're an electrician, if you're a nurse, anything. Look around. Are there black people in positions of leadership? Are there black people grouped together in low-level jobs or entry-level jobs? How do you create access and opportunities? How do you pull black people up, but in the right way to really support the success, not do it so you get a pat on the back because there is also an undercurrent of white savior and you want to wear your cape and I'm doing this and that. No, 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 no. Don't do that. The same way you advocate for your frat boy's child that you don't know if this motherfucker has a brain cell, but you do it. Let's go out to these schools. Let's make sure we go to these communities that have underserved or unrepresented people and then create a structure where they're supported, not where you're fighting and pushing all the time. You got to break that within. You hear the black people say it or you're seeing it or if you don't see them around, do things to ask the right questions. Where are the black people? Why are they there? Why are the black people all the way at the bottom of the pyramid? How can create this? How can we create opportunities and means for them to move up? And do it. Be a part of the conversation. 
right? Because sometimes it's not always, it's not a conversation like, oh, I don't like black people. That's why. That's not how it works. It's silent microaggressions, silent behaviors, conscious and unconscious bias that make the system of oppression and systematic racism foundation so strong. Can't just say Black Lives Matter and then poof, it's a magic trick. Then everything works. You got to put yourself on the line. You got to put yourself on the line. You got to check other people. Hey, you're saying this candidate isn't a good fit. Why not? The Oh, the promotion. Oh, why are this person overlooked? Why are these people in these roles? Why are these people being overlooked? They've been in the position they're performing. What is that? Why? Oh, they're not a good fit. Oh, this. You have to have the hard conversation for people to check their biases. When you hear that feedback, is that is that true? Hmm, how so? Demonstrate it. Well, what about this? You need to do, you had to put yourself in the line, on the line. Advocate. When the black people are not in the room, that is when everything is happening. Racism half the time is happening when you're not in the room. It's what's happening when you're not around. As white and non-black POC allies, you have to put yourself on the line. I always say that the police brutality is the most clear. It's the easiest form of racism to see because it's pretty black and white, literally, where someone is clearly innocent, going about their business, and being brutalized and murdered for no reason just because they're on a fucking power trip. It's just, it's so easy to see. Police officers, you know, are not high-paid individuals. These aren't the brightest motherfuckers. Come on. It's so, it's a bunch of fucking idiots who are just on a power trip and brutalizing black people because they got small dicks and really had nothing better to do with their lives. That's really what it is, okay? It's so obvious, you know, it's so lowbrow. Real talk. It's the lowest of the brow. These fucking losers who were brutalized people because they were they didn't feel like the man in school. That's what it is. Some little dick energy. That's all that is. Straight, straight up, little dick energy. Fucking losers. But listen, when we really talk about housing and career opportunities, pay equity, all these things, this is where the institutionalized racism is realer than a motherfucker, okay? It goes beyond that very, like, elementary school Fisher-Price racism of police brutality, for real. That shit has dire consequences because it's life and death, but at the same token, to improve black lives, it goes beyond that, right? If all the police suddenly were utopian, that still wouldn't mean that black lives were completely protected in America, right? Because there's different facets of black life and racism hits it from multiple facets. And I think that's the dialogue we're not having. That racism, it, it hits us on so many angles, where it's, whether or not it's medical care, how the medical care system is very racist, the high rates of mortality for black women having birth in America, giving birth in America. That's, that's real. Why? Because people don't recognize our pain. People think that we're lying. They're just inherently racist and they don't even take care of us properly. They don't take us seriously. If you're a black woman with a master's level education, you're getting the same care or less than a a white woman with high school education. So it doesn't matter what we equip ourselves with. We're still niggas to you. Whether or not you acknowledge that, it doesn't need to acknowledge it. Your behavior says it. Your behavior demonstrates this. And I say this all the time. I'm a person... I say it on Twitter a lot. Actually, follow me on Twitter because I say most of my opinions on Twitter. At Gab with Gwen on Twitter. I don't believe in apologies. right? I know people need apologies. And if this is forget racism. If we're in a relationship, we're in a friendship, don't apologize to me. Because talk is cheap. It's just words. right? These social media posts, it's just words. The biggest apology 
And the only apology I'll ever accept in any situation is changed behavior. Because actions speak louder than words. And that's all Gwen cares about. I'm a Gemini. Geminis are, are known for communication and talking and all that stuff. Biggie, Pac, Lauren Hill. Shit, unfortunately, your dumbass president. All known for talking. Very communicative people. But I also know people use words and manipulate them. And they try to manipulate feelings and situations with that. So I don't give a fuck about words. I care about action right? And the action is going to be putting yourself on the line. It's going to be, if you're a Republican Party speaking out that, hey, Donald Trump is not good for this country and I'm going to vote against him or doing the work behind the scenes to make sure you're undermining his ass. Take action. Action is all that matters. And action is not just throwing money. That's not it. That's not it. So, I don't want this to go much longer. I don't think I need to give a playbook. <laughs> you know, I have to be I have to be honest. When white people are like, well, I don't know what to do. Well, you do it every day for your white and non-black POC counterparts. You do it every day. Hey, Chad, my frat brother, his son could use a job. Hey, take it with no interview, no nothing. He gets right in there. <laughs> he gets right in there. Benefit of the doubt. One of the biggest things about being black that people don't understand is that you're always guilty. You always are a threat. You walk in the room, you're a threat. Ooh, something's wrong. Everything is guilty till proven innocent, and you're never proven innocent. The privilege of benefit of the doubt is not afforded to black people in any capacity of life. Walking into a store, shopping, I'm always cognizant that people are going to think I'm stealing. I've never stolen shit in my life, but I'm cognizant that they think I am, right? That's real. While white kids will be stealing like a motherfucker, they can put, they can put a whole ATM machine in their bag and no one will pay attention. No one will pay attention. I always say, if you want somebody to boost with you, get like an Asian kid to boost. Nobody's looking at them. And that's not shade. And I'm not saying that Asians don't have their own stereotypes and things they have to go through that are prejudiced from time to time. But it's not the extent of black people. It's just not because black people are really not deemed human in the world due to the legacy of slavery and anti-blackness straight up. So give black people the benefit of the doubt. Put yourself in a position to question and push back on other white people and non-black people of color to advocate, sponsor, and set black people up for success. Pay equity is something I could talk about at a whole episode dedicated to itself when we're talking about generational wealth and why other people can come to America and quickly move up and do well and why black people cannot. There are a lot of systematic forces at hand here. You can work at the same company, do the same work. The black people are not getting paid the same. We're not doing the same work, performing better at you. They could have a better performance rate than you, not getting paid the same, not getting the bonuses you get, not getting the stock options you get. They're not. You don't realize that. You assume, oh, this person's doing this. No, they're not. It's so inequitable. It's so pervasive. You don't realize it. You talk about hiring. Look, your resume, they see your name. You don't even get picked. 
because they think it's too ethnic, too black ethnic, right? You can have an Asian ethnic name, but don't fuck around and have a black ethnic name. And look, there's degrees, so there's nuances. Trust me, there's racism. It is easier if your name is Michael Chin than if you had like a straight up fully, sh- it, it is, like there, there's nuances to all of this. And so I don't want people to feel like there isn't any discrimination other non-black people of color experience. They do, but like we said with Black Lives Matter, whose house is on fire? Your house ain't on fire, baby. It's our house. All right. And if the firemen come, the fire people come and hose down everybody else's house. What the fuck? Our house is the one that's burning. That doesn't make any sense. Right. So support Black Lives Matter, because the one thing I will leave you with, and I've said this and I got a lot of pushback this week on this, but I said this. I said this at work and why should shut my mouth. What people don't realize is when you help black people, if you give anything to black people, when we're thinking about the civil rights movement and Civil Rights Act and everything that's come into place since the the 60s. Non-Black people have benefited the most. White women have benefited the most from affirmative action. Non-Black people of color have benefited the most from everything from the Civil Rights Movement. Something that was intended for Black people actually ends up helping everyone else. And it actually helps everyone else more than Black people. Because you're able to climb up our backs and utilize something that was for us. And so that's a hard truth. But that should also help you understand that it's necessary and that it's not special treatment. And don't worry, you're afraid of black people, you know, taking something from your piece of the pie. It'll never happen. You'll never let it happen. So don't worry. Y'all never really give a shit and you'll ultimately benefit anyway. So it's actually good for all lives. If we want to talk about life, at the end of the day, black lives matter. And anything you do for black people is always going to be better for all lives because you're always going to benefit regardless. You're always going to benefit more than we do. So just think about it. Anything that's improving black lives is ultimately going to improve everyone else. Because you're never going to let us just have it. Pay equity is something that we're already being paid less than you. So people start to say, oh, pay them more. They're not going to pay them more than a white person. We'll just hopefully get closer to what you get paid. Right? And that means that, you know, when they look across the board, oh, women, oh, you should get paid a little bit more too. Because that it benefits everyone else. And that is the part y'all don't give us credit for. I mean, I think this episode is all about giving black people our props. Give us our credit. Give us our roses. Give us our credit. Okay? Give us our due propers. Because when you do something for black people, it still benefits you. It still benefits you more than us. So why the hesitation? Why the rage behind black people wanting something? You're still going to benefit more than us. You will. But you got to be able to acknowledge that. You, you need to acknowledge that. And that is where being an ally goes beyond throwing money and some cute social media posts. I'm sorry. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Action speaks louder than words. You know what to do. You're just uncomfortable fucking doing it. So... Let the chips fall where they may. Keep fighting the good fight. And may the odds be in all of our favor. All right, folks. This has been Gab with Gwen, Emergency Episode 51. Till next time. Peace. Peace.